Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I'm so excited to say we have Liz Vosleen, author and head of content at Humu, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Liz, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm super excited to chat with you today. Me too. Are you ready to dive in? Yes, I'm ready. Woo! Okay, let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by the 2022 Community-Led Summit, the 100% free three-day virtual event for builders and leaders in community-led companies. Okay, when I first heard the term community-led, I felt like I intrinsically knew what it meant, but I don't think I could have defined it for you. But now, here you go. Community-led means putting community at the heart of your business and leaning on that community to map the way forward. So that's the what, but if you want to know the how, join the 2022 Community-Led Summit. You'll get to hear directly from successful community leaders in sessions like creating community OKRs and creating a community-led strategy. You can register for free for the 2022 Community-Led Summit happening May 24th through May 26th at communityled.com slash summit. Liz Fosleen is an expert on how to make work better, head of content and communications at Humu, and co-author and illustrator of the best-selling book, Big Feelings, and the Wall Street Journal bestseller, No Hard Feelings. Her work has been featured by Good Morning America, The New York Times, The Economist, Time, TED, and CNN. She has given keynotes about emotions at work at organizations including Google, LinkedIn, NPR, and Spotify. Liz Fosleen, welcome to Non-Technical. Yay, thank you. Yay! What a treat. What a treat. I actually don't know if you know, but I'm a big fan of your work. So I've been aware that you are a person on the internet for a few years now. So I'm so excited to put a face to the avatar. <laughs> yes, same. I guess I've seen your face in all the videos. That's true. I feel like you <laughs> perfectly encapsulate all the things I love and hate about that. <laughs> yes, it's a little bit of both. Little column A, little column B. Yep. And then I think we have a friend in common, Logan Yuri. Yes, she's Yes. Great. She actually was the one who spoke highly of your podcast and got oh, me into it. Oh, that's so it. sweet. Yes, I say friend, but I guess I mean friend of non-technical and that she's been on the show before. But oftentimes, the non-technical guest to friend pipeline, honestly, it's strong. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, get ready. <laughs> okay, so Liz, tell me this. I really want to know, how did you spend your last day off? I am a really proud homebody. So my answer is just going to be so boring. Lay it on me. (laughs) Like I don't like to travel. My favorite day (laughs) is just when I wake up and there's absolutely like no plans. Hell yeah. Okay. I spent my last day just like getting up. I've eaten the same breakfast for 10 years. Seriously. What is it? Yes. Seriously. It's Greek yogurt, the specific kind of Luna bar, and then almond butter with coffee. Wow. I've been talking about this for 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> and I've emailed Luna Bar and they just yeah. like, have never responded. <laughs> Luna Bar doesn't care? That's no. wild. Wait, oh, that's insane to me. <laughs> I think I'm too indoorsy. You know, they're oh. kind of like cliff bar mm-hmm. owns them. So it's mm-hmm. very like out there hiking and I don't yeah. hike. So sure. I'm probably not their demographic. And yet I am like probably their best customer they've ever had. <laughs> Honestly, if you think about the LTV of you as one single customer, huge. They should at least send you a bar. I know. I'm doing all this free promotion for them despite being burned multiple times. (laughs) I'm going to bleep the name. I'll bleep the name of the brand. They're not... (laughs) 
And then, yeah, I think I just like lounged around, read stuff, saw some friends. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. Okay. Not boring at all, actually. I'm captivated by this answer. So you say you don't like to travel. Is there any type of travel you do enjoy? The biggest thing is I am a bad sleeper. And so Ooh, jet lag yeah, yeah, yeah. is mm-hmm. really hard for me. So if I go somewhere for four days, especially if it's on a very different time zone, it's just like four days of hell. And then I'm back and I have like another four days mm-hmm. where I'm not sleeping. Mm-hmm. So my aunt, she has my favorite type of travel approach because she's the mm. same thing. So she only goes north or south. <gasps> so she stays Smart. on the same time zone. She lives in Denmark. So she'll like go to Europe and parts mm-hmm. of Africa, but she will never visit me in the US. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'm kind of getting into this mode where I'm like, I'm old enough to never visit you in Denmark. So yeah. I guess we'll just never see each other. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> do you live in the Bay Area? I do. Yeah. Okay. So there's plenty of north and south to visit. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done all the Bodega Bay, mm-hmm. Marin County, um, LA. All that stuff is good. Totally. Okay. And so you said that you're a homebody. What's your favorite thing to do at home? Lie down. Lie down. Mm -hmm. down. Mm. This is the best part of remote work is that on video calls, I'll stand up. And then so for sleep hygiene, one of the things is like, don't work in your bed, only have your bed for sleeping. So I had a blow up air mattress in my living room. And that was my work bed. That's (laughs) brilliant. A work bed? A work. My mind is blown. A work bed. That is incredible. Yeah, highly recommend. Highly recommend. That's huge. Wow. Well, if Luna's interested in sponsoring an innovator, I don't know if you're outdoorsy, <laughs> but maybe they're going to open up a new category for people that are trailblazing in a different way. <laughs> the great indoors. <laughs> the great and indoors trailblazer. <laughs> Liz, is there a song that whenever you hear it immediately takes you back in time? The vitamin C song, the graduation mm-hmm. like, as yep. we go, go on. on. Yeah. yeah. So I went to this very kooky, tiny Montessori school through eighth grade. Oh, really? Yes. There were like 15 people in my grade. We were together mm-hmm. from like being very small to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And then I went to this really large public high school with no one that went to my Montessori school. That's went a with big me. change. Yeah. And so also like when you're going through puberty and you're just, you have all these like new feelings mm-hmm. and I don't know, hormones going crazy. It was just like really, really devastating to me to move Mm -hmm. to a different environment. So that saw, I just remember like sobbing at graduation (laughs) in eighth grade. I know. Oh my God. Like still, I get choked up. Yeah, I know what you mean. Songs that played or that I listened to around graduations, like from middle school or high school, totally tug at my heartstrings every time I hear them. Yeah, because it's like you remember the change and then I'm like, oh, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> like all of it. <laughs> I know, I know. What's something that you're really good at, which would surprise most people to know about you? I don't know if this would be surprising, mm-hmm. but I'm extremely adept at the microwave. Oh, tell me what that means. Things that people would never think you could cook in the microwave, like rice, brownies, cake, Whoa. Whoa. eggs. Okay. Chicken. Oh my I gosh. I do it in the microwave. The list goes on. Yeah. I actually had, if anyone wants to fund this, this <laughs> idea for like a pop-up shop in San Francisco that would be kind of like Jiro Dreams of Sushi where it's like yes. there's 10 seats. Yes. It's very artisanal mm-hmm. and it's all farm to fork or table or whatever it's called. Yeah. And every plate is like $400 and yeah, everything is microwaved. Oh my God. And I call it Radiate. <laughs> That's beautiful. 
Yeah, I'm very skilled at the microwave. What was your path to becoming a microwave chef? Laziness. I'm not a cook. And so it was just like the fastest way to get to warm food. So is it that you didn't want to have to go through the process of finding and following a recipe and the microwave offers like a simpler alternative than like pans and pots and all that? Yeah, less cleaning because you can usually like make it in the bowl or the mug that you eat it out of. Totally. There's some saying around like the innovation, like if you're lazy, you figure out smart ways to do things. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I feel like this is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A little more sad way of eating. A little sadder. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you want to eat in a sad way? We have a solution for you. (laughs) What's the most typically complex thing that you can cook in a microwave? You mentioned a cake. That's pretty impressive. Cake, brownies. Is this a mug brownie? It's definitely a mug brownie. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's like the right portion. It's hot. You can put ice cream on top. I'll say I usually make like the basics in the microwave and then like zhuzh it up afterwards. You got to zhuzh. How do you judge yeah. typically? With like sauces. So I feel yeah. like sauces is also a, like a lazy way to make a really delicious meal. Oh, I don't do as much of my own cooking in the microwave, but almost every day I eat something from Daily Harvest. Do you know Daily Harvest? Oh, yes. I've actually wanted to try it. Liz, you absolutely have to try Daily Harvest. <laughs> I will send you my referral code. I'm fully obsessed. Okay. And I'm using the microwave, but then I zhuzh up <laughs> the chopped veggies and chickpeas and whatever else with a sauce. And then I feel like a little chef. <laughs> Amazing. Do you have a favorite sauce? Okay. I'm so glad you asked. I have three favorite sauces. One is a vegan pesto from Whole Foods. I think it's from like Gourmet Mm. Greens or something. It's perfect. It tastes great. There's just no cheese in it, which is amazing. And then Mm. the other one is this sauce that my friend Jeff Wong turned me on to that I cannot remember the name of, but I posted a photo of recently on Instagram. I think it's a Taiwanese (laughs) sauce, um, or at least we had it when we were making Taiwanese food. And It's so good that I'm a little concerned at how fast I'm consuming it. Does that make sense? Mm, I like looked at the bottle recently and I was like, ooh, I just bought that. So concerning, definitely not going to look at the sodium content of said sauce. And then the third one is there is a mango pickle, like a mango chutney from an Indian sauce group called (laughs) group. (laughs) I don't know what to call them. firm, an Indian sauce firm (laughs) (laughs) called Mother's Recipe, which is also delicious. Those are my three favorite sauces. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Those sound great. I'm going to have to investigate. They're so good. Yes. I'll send them to you. I'll send them to you. Great. Okay. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something pretty inconsequential that you would just really go to bat for. There's two. The first is when I'm driving and we're at a stoplight and I need to turn right and there's a car in front of me, Yes. And they're going straight and they just won't inch up a tiny bit so that I can get around them mm. to turn right. It's like okay. just inch up. I just want to turn yeah. right. I got yeah. places to go. So that's one. It's just like okay. sort of spatial awareness when you're driving. Well, let's dive into that quickly. I want to hear your second one. But first of all, I am the car in front of you that is not inching oh, up. <laughs> So I do want to apologize on behalf (laughs) of all of me and my fellow cautious drivers slash nervous drivers who did not spend a lot of time driving because they went to boarding school and then immediately moved to Manhattan. (laughs) I am totally unaware of little things like that on the road. And I know I am messing people's days up left and right, but I just don't know what to do. (laughs) 
So I grew up in the Midwest, so big driving. Oh, I'm so <laughs> envious. Oh, you must be so confident out there on the road, <laughs> knowing what to do. <laughs> I am confident, but I'm also extremely non-confrontational. So oh, interesting. I will, like instead of doing like a like a nice little like friendly honk or something, yeah. I'll just sit there and fester. I see. So, I see. I see. Yeah, okay, so it's a little bit sense. on me. Yeah. Is there another way to signal to the driver in front of you that they should be doing something differently other than the light honk? Like, I guess you can't really do much else. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, that's a good question, maybe mm. for listeners. I don't know that I would ever use the horn. I don't know what I, yeah. what state of mind I'd have to be in to be like, I'm going to honk. There would have to be an emergency. <laughs> it would have to be yeah. urgent. <laughs> the only time I've used it was on accident, and then I felt oh horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I would feel so really sorry. bad. <laughs> I get really upset when people honk in New York because I'm like, for whom? (laughs) For whom? (laughs) Do you think this helps? It's not helping. So many options, yeah. Okay, I think this is a great hill, though, honestly. And I do think that while it probably emotionally feels very large, I think this is the perfect example of a tiny hill because you feel really strongly about it. You definitely have a strong point of view, but ultimately it's like this probably isn't going to alter the course of history. Yeah, unless I'm trying to turn right to the hospital or something. Oh, my God. And then- <laughs> but then you would honk. Don't you think you would yeah. honk? I think I would honk, yeah. Even I yeah. would honk in that case. Okay, that's fantastic. And you're from the Midwest, and you're a confident but non-confrontational driver. Let me ask you this. Turning right on red. There are some states you can do it, some states you can't. Who tells you? Who lets you know? How do people just know that? I just go. Always? I think so. Oh, my God. Liz, you are a confident driver. Will you drive me somewhere? (laughs) I just want to know what it's like. Yeah, where people are like flagging, like that's also like extreme, like white privilege to just. 100%. Yeah. I actually don't know. Hmm. I am always befuddled. I've, I've been in the car with many confident drivers and it feels like everyone got an email that I missed that says here are the states where you can turn right. As far as I know, there's no email. Okay. That That makes me feel better. Thank you. Yeah. Good. I don't want to be left off. You never want to be left off an email. It's true. It's true. What's your next tiny hill? This one is, I think, genuinely very tiny, but (laughs) I have a subscription to The New Yorker, mostly just to say that I have a subscription to The New Yorker. 100%. Yeah. That's at least 80% of the reason anyone has a subscription to The New Yorker. It's just like a week Mm -hmm. has passed and there's more. Yeah. And my thing is, this is like four magazines in general. Like I'm subscribed. Yes. I would pay more money not to have those little cards yeah. fall out. You know, yes. when you open a magazine and it's like the subscription cards. And my mm-hmm. question is always just like, does anyone fill those out? Like, Can you imagine? Like a pop-up ad, I'll give yes. you more money. You're so I'm, right. like all over my apartment. It is like a 3D pop-up ad. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm subscribing. I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, Alexis, you're mm-hmm. coming over for dinner. Here's Why the card. take this one? <laughs> Oh my God. That's such a good point. I love this hill. I love this hill. Okay, great. Okay, here's why I think you've found a bedfellow with me in this hill because I hate any type of mail arriving at my home that I did not ask for. I don't like unsolicited Mm. mail. So I really hate direct mail campaigns. I don't like when I get someone else's mail and I have to send it back. I care so strongly about this that I literally bought a return to sender stamp. Whoa. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Granted, you know, it doesn't happen all that often, but I care yeah. enough about it. It brings me joy now because I can stamp stuff. It makes me feel better. It doesn't stop the mail from coming necessarily, 
but it does help me feel better about it. Does the male person then take it back or yeah. it just, wow. You can full on return mail. I'm going to stamp one of these subscription cards and put it back in <laughs> see what they do. I think there's not a return address on it. No, there must be. I think you're totally right though. Like I don't understand who that's for. You're not going to give it away. Honestly, they probably yeah. assume it's going to fall out. But then who's looking down at the ground just thinking, oh my God, a New Yorker subscription. Let me capitalize on this. I know. I guess there's enough people doing it that they continue to put it in. Like mm. I just want to see the stats on yeah. these little cards. Me too. Wow, I really want to see the stats. If anyone has the stats, we'd yeah. like to see the stats. I'm always <laughs> curious about that kind of thing, right? When I see something like that, I'm always like, what is the conversion rate on this? Yeah. <laughs> How could this possibly be cost effective? <laughs> yeah. There's oh the San Francisco God. part. <laughs> I know, seriously. I can't, I can't help it. I look at stuff like that constantly. Every time I'm in a new like type of fast casual restaurant, I'm like scoping out their operations. I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so we're flowing to the right because that must save time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm so fun. Yeah, I'm incredibly fun. <laughs> those were beautiful hills. I loved those hills. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you're on board. Stunning. I'm super on board. I mean, they were perfect in every way. And you got to talk about having a New Yorker subscription. So that's huge. That's right. Massive. That's right. Write it down, everyone. Honestly, yeah. people need to know Liz Vosleen has a New Yorker subscription. I, I wish do. I had a New Yorker subscription. I've thought about it. Well, I have a small card I can send you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I, I need five to 10 before I make my decision. Do you have a favorite joke? No, but I have a go-to joke, which Let is me hear terrible. It. I want to hear it so bad. Why do seagulls fly over the sea? I don't know. Why? Because if they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is yep. just like the one joke I know. And then it's startling how many times you're asked to regurgitate a joke, especially yeah. in like getting to know you work context. People ask you to tell a joke? Yeah, I feel like I've been on a lot of calls where you're waiting for people to join and someone's like, does anyone have a joke? (gasps) And then somehow I choose this joke instead of silence. That's an excellent joke to choose, I think. First of all, that's a fantastic joke. That joke has everything also, like, you need. Also, like, in the Bay Area. It's yeah. Like a, you know. <laughs> 100%. I think that's great. It's unexpected. There's an incredible twist at the end of it. There's a little something for everybody in there. I do not like being asked to tell jokes, like, in casual yeah. settings, even though I am quite literally a comedian. Yeah. But I feel like comedian is not, you know, like a knock-knock style thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, something that happens to me now is that I will say I'm a comedian and someone will go, oh, really? Tell me a joke. Oh, And I'm like, yeah. mm. <laughs> mm, mm. That's fantastic. I really like that. My favorite joke joke, like they're called street jokes. If it, there isn't like attribution to anyone in particular, like I'm assuming you don't know who wrote that joke. No idea. No, yeah. Probably like on a popsicle or something. I know. Oh my God. Oh God, popsicle jokes. My favorite version of that is what is Super Mario's favorite fabric? I don't know. Denim, denim, denim. Oh, that's good. (laughs) All right. I might take that. (laughs) That's for you. You can have that next icebreaker. I will never remember where I heard that joke. I would have no idea who came up with it. It brings me such joy. That's a really good one. Yes, All right, I'm upgrading. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, we'll trade. We can trade. I'll I'll tell the bagel joke next okay. time someone needs a joke and you I can think, tell the I think Mario you're one. Downgrading. No, no, I don't think so. I think it's an even trade. That's great. What three words would your closest friends or family use to describe you? The two boring are like creative, 
loyal. And then the third one would probably be sensitive. Mm. When they say sensitive, do you think that they mean that in a complimentary way, a neutral way, or a (laughs) non-positive way? (laughs) It's more like, I don't like loud noises or big (laughs) smells. It's it's more like actual like sensory, sensory overload very Mm -hmm. easily. And then I think it's frustrating for people who are close to me. Because like, my husband will like, he loves to cook with like onions and garlic. Mm. And I'm just like, not before noon. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a lot before noon. That's a post-meridian scent for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I don't even think think I'm sensitive. Just like common decency. The reason I ask is that if I really thought about it, I feel that sensitive would probably make its way onto the list that people would use to describe me as well. Probably because I'm sensitive. I'm like, they probably don't mean that in a nice way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like proving the point. (laughs) I know. I feel that I'm perceptive. Yeah. I agree. That That's my a lot. story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I just yeah. perceive. I just perceive a lot of things a lot of the time <laughs> with yeah. a lot of nuance. Yeah, a lot of passion. A lot of passion. I exactly. perceive passionately. <laughs> Me too. What's your most used emoji, if you had to guess? There's sort of like the smiley face, but then I really like the face with the that are just like little spirals. Oh, yeah, that's a relatively new one. It's new, and it's just like, I'm really excited. I'm really overwhelmed. I can't believe Mm. they said that. I find it very versatile. That's so true. A multi-use emoji for sure. Do you communicate with a lot of emojis? No, I really like on iMessage the tap back where you could the like, you know, where you can heart or like a specific comment. So it's not an emoji, but it's like on the go. I'm acknowledging this, but I don't need to craft a whole thing. 100%. Yeah, I really like that a lot. I will say, though, that you have to have an established rapport, I think, with the person that you're sending those to. Yes. I also found out recently, because someone did this to me, and now Mm. I love doing it to other people. Oh, boy. If you go back in time and take away a heart, it notifies them. It's like it's removed a heart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm feeling chaotic, I'll just like... I love that. Go through my phone and like remove old like. That's hilarious. That's a great way to get someone's attention. Yeah, they're always like, what the heck? What are you doing? You're like, I don't know. I'm laying on my work bed. I needed something to do. (laughs) If you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? When I was in college, I really wanted to be an investment banker for like reasons. My parents are immigrants you know, very much like get an education, get a quantitative degree, get a job, stick to it for 40 years. I have a needle phobia. So pre-med was out. I can't be needles or blood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then the sort of apology major was mathematical (laughs) economics. Didn't know who I was, what I wanted out of life. And so I was in this environment where everyone was going into banking. So I was like, this is now what I want to do. And I will be the best banker. I would have been a horrible investment banker. You think so? Well, you can't have like a work bed. No, I don't think. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if that would There's a lot of my personality that the non-confrontational, the like doesn't like to be in an office. Yeah. yeah, Wouldn't have worked. Okay. It sounds like it's good that that did not end up being your path. Yeah. I would say so. I would love to see somebody try to convince Goldman that they needed a work bed near their desk, like a cot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you could be like, I just want to work hard. I just want to be here all night. I want to wake up and go right to my desk. Yeah, they probably would. What chapter of your life would make the best movie? 
probably when I was in my mid twenties living in New York. Because mm. I think New York is very cinematic. Mm-hmm. I was working at a startup called Rap Genius, which turned into Genius. Like Whoa, music. I didn't know you worked there. That's awesome. They had just raised a Series A. It was the time at a startup where you have a lot of money. There's no processes in place. Oh, yeah, like, 100%. It's just exciting yes. chaos. So I think that probably would make the best movie. Not, not because of me, just because of my surroundings. The, the setting. What year was that? Roughly. I want to say it was like 2015, 2016. Okay. I assumed because I worked in tech in New York from 2013 to 2016 at a startup, at like a 17-person startup. And (laughs) chaos is the only word to describe that situation. Tech at that time, especially a tech startup at that time, I mean, even successful ones. It was just a wild situation. I totally understand why that backdrop would make for a great movie. I also had this crazy experience that I think would just be a good scene where I eventually was like, I need a therapist. Sure. It was also like New York. Everyone had two therapists. So I just decided to get on board. And I found this therapist near the office. And I remember I was talking to him in our first session about like my crazy boss and Mm. stuff. And then he stopped me after 10 minutes and was like, I have a conflict of interest. I think your boss is my client. <laughs> like, and so I need to refer you to a different therapist. What? <laughs> yeah. And, oh I was, and then, and then before God. I left, I was like, but he's the crazy boss, right? And the guy was like, no comment, no comment. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. How did that happen? That's so crazy. Okay, that has to be in the movie. I love that. Great. Done. Do you know who would play you? I'm going to go like – aspirationally Scarlett Johansson. We would love a Scar Joe. I'm going to go with that. That sounds great. I'm sure she would crush. I cannot believe that. I really cannot believe that that therapist was also your boss's therapist and that they were, I guess it makes sense that they were able to tell, but still. Honestly, it was the best therapy session I've ever had to be like, oh, you could immediately identify this baby. Yeah, that's (laughs) such a good point. (laughs) Wow. What is the most surprised you've ever been? I think what I'm going to say is so I'm having a baby later this year. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. And I think that's the most surprising. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm grateful. I'm excited. All of the things. Like my dad has always supported me as an individual mm-hmm. and still has very like traditional ideas about gender norms. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was, I was always very dedicated to making sure that like being a wife, being a mom were not like the huge milestones that I was working mm, towards. I really yeah. wanted my identity to be tied to something else. I think I've always kind of been like, kids seem like the most magical thing you can do and also like a terrifying way to like ruin your life. Yeah. No sleep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seems like both can be true. And so I think there are moments this year when I've just like looked in the mirror and been like, I'm a wife. I'm about to be yeah. a mom. <laughs> What the hell happened? Oh my (laughs) God, I I bet. That's so, that must be so trippy. Yeah. It's like sometimes people will will be like, my coworkers will be like, oh, how are you feeling? And I just don't identify as a pregnant person or something. I'll be like, fine, how are you feeling? (laughs) 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 So again, like, it's it's great, et cetera, et cetera. But it's kind of like a, how did I get here? This is Oh, yeah. I mean, what a massive I, transitional identity shift. You transition identities from a non-pregnant person to a pregnant person and then to a mom. Yeah, it's surreal. There's like a little human inside me. That's it's, so cool. <laughs> so weird. That is so bizarre. My first best friend who had a baby, you know how there's like the first friend where it's like, okay, yep. 
She's having the first baby. Good. I'm ready. Here we go. She had a baby. This baby is like my niece. She's the most perfect baby that's ever existed. I'm sure your baby will also be great, but like (laughs) this one is top quality baby. And while my best friend was pregnant with her, I was like, Rachel, it's so crazy that when you have a baby, you're like bringing consciousness onto the planet. It's so crazy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) She was like, are you stoned? And I was like, no, wait, are you joking? You're just going through your day-to-day, growing a baby inside you. You're going to bring consciousness into this world and you're just totally chill about that at all times. I think that's insane. Yeah. This is why I don't do hard drugs because I'm just, I don't need yeah. it. You know, I yeah, can totally no, freak oh, myself A hundred percent. You want to talk about what happens at the end of space? Anytime. Yeah. No drugs required. I'm yeah, interested. Like sleep. Like what is yeah. sleep? What is that? Where do we go? <laughs> oh, weird. Don't need drugs. Just can be me. Yeah. hundred percent. A good thought spiral is better than any hallucinogenic. (laughs) (laughs) So congrats on growing consciousness. That's wild. I'm very impressed. Great job. See, great job so far. So far. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of just have been sitting around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like though, in that way, you've been preparing for a long time for this moment. You're ready. Yeah. Right. Lying down. Lying down. (laughs) (laughs) Being inside. That's amazing. What is the most recent situation where you laughed the hardest? I love to laugh at my own jokes because if you're not (laughs) laughing with yourself, like it's probably not funny to anyone else. So I think the most recent one was, so one of the things is when you have a baby or are pregnant, like you have to think about it all the time at these Mm. inopportune times because you're getting kicked, you're tired, there's all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I think just the like feminist part of me was angry about that. Like, <laughs> I'm like so aware of this. And then my yes. husband, you know, he can do whatever he wants and he doesn't have to really confront it at all these times. I will say I saw this idea on Reddit a while ago, but I bought 60 tiny babies. Okay. And then I hid them in all these different parts of our apartment. Oh so like in the shower, in yeah. my husband will take like melatonin to sleep. So I put yeah. a tiny baby in the bottle. <laughs> of melatonin and so the issue was like oh my god oh you're having trouble sleeping and you would love to fall asleep you got to think about this oh my god that's so funny that's so funny hiding these in places like walking around our apartment cackling (laughs) he wasn't that taken aback by it which I was disappointed by but he was like you just do weird stuff all the time (laughs) just like another another thing you're doing right now add it on the list another (laughs) tiny baby on the list oh my god that's so good Thank you. Also, I love being alone and laughing. I mean, I love laughing with other people much more, but there's something uniquely funny about just being completely alone. You're doing something or something happens to you, but you're all alone. And it's just so funny. You have to laugh. Yeah. Agreed. It's delightful. That's great. Have you ever been the last to realize something that everybody else seems to know? Honestly, the answer that comes to mind is TikTok. Really? I just recently got on TikTok and it is amazing. Like that <laughs> algorithm just like understands me in a I way know. that no one else has ever understood. You it's unbelievable. It's truly terrifying. And then they hide the time. Like it's the only app when you're on it, you don't see the little clock at the top. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Like if you're on Instagram, you can always say like, oh, it's 1215. Oh my God. It's like a casino. Yeah, they're hitting me with everything that I want like hours later. Wow. How well do they know you? Really well. I think they figured out I was like pregnant within like 10 seconds. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so insane. 
That's so wild. Yeah. And then it's a lot of like cooking stuff. Yeah. Which is funny because That's I interesting. don't cook. Yeah. But I love to watch it. Are there is there a microwave cooking TikTok channel that you could follow? There probably will be after this conversation because yes. my phone is right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't wait. Surely. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'll learn some interesting new microwave recipes. Yeah. Or if there's not, then maybe that's my next career move. <gasps> yes. Well, in your copious yeah. amounts of free time. There you go. I like cooking stuff a lot. I too am not, I'm not a chef. Hmm. I'm a sauce yeah. chef, as discussed. I'm a saucy chef. <laughs> it kind of ends you up in a really good spot, though. I'm thrilled. My life is full of zest and spice. <laughs> <laughs> and sauce groups. <laughs> exactly. And sauce groups. Oh, my goodness gracious. What's your most childlike quality? I think it really is like choosing chaos. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's if there's, you know, life is short. And if there's a thing to do that feels more fun or more mm-hmm. cinematic. hmm just do the the crazy fun thing. Like I'll often have like stuff printed on cake and mm-hmm. give that to people. Or like I organize an <laughs> Easter egg hunt for my neighbors. That's awesome. It's always very urgent because I feel like there's not enough urgency around the Easter egg hunt. Okay. So it's always framed around like the Easter bunny has been taken by criminal oh forces. Oh <laughs> like let's like find the eggs to find the clues to find the Easter bunny. That's amazing. Do you write the clues? I write the clues and then some eggs have chocolate in them. And if someone like stops to eat a chocolate, I'll be like, go, go, go. No oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> so stuff like that where it's like, why? I don't know. Just seems fun. Why not? Why yeah. Not? What have you had printed on a cake? Mostly photos. Um, sure. So for example, during COVID, that's actually how I got to know my neighbors in San Francisco, which I think oh. is like sadly rare to have this yeah. like, little community or like actually know the person in the apartment next to yours. But we started doing cocktails every Friday night because we were like a little pod at that yeah. point. So we ended up doing like holidays together, New Year's, everything, like graduations, wow. all kinds of stuff. And so <laughs> one of these holidays, it was like very special. We felt like a little family and one of the guys like got up and drunkenly gave this toast where he was like, let's be honest, none of us actually want to be here. Oh, and so I had that put on a cake. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> like I got what he was trying to say. Like, you know, we were kind of the family that we created because we couldn't go see our yes. real families. Oh, my God. That's iconic. What a line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's amazing. Aside from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so all the basics, what's something that you couldn't go a day without? Luna bars. Luna, Luna bars. bars yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm mad at them. I'm mad at them right now on your behalf. Thank you. I don't know what happened to my body if I didn't eat this breakfast one day. Do you have the same flavor of Luna bar every day? I do. Which one? Nuts over chocolate. Did you arrive at the Luna Bar selection just by default, or did you go through a more rigorous analysis? Did you try like one of every other kind of bar and then you landed with Luna's? It was not rigorous, and I do not remember. Like, I actually don't remember the genesis of this breakfast. Mm. It just kind of was always there. Wow. It's just like the moon itself, La Luna itself, omnipresent. I really want them to send you a bar. I feel like they should send you a whole bunch of bars. You've eaten them every Thank day for you. 10 years. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm like 30% of my body composition. Seriously. is Luna Bar at this point. Yeah. Luna, come on. Step it up. Step it up. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. 
This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by the 2022 Community-Led Summit, the 100% free three-day virtual event for builders and leaders in community-led companies. Community-led means putting authenticity, relationships, and humanity back into how we do business. Hello, making business more authentic, more relationship-driven, more human. I think you can probably guess that's an approach I can get behind. And you know what else I can get behind? Cold hard facts. (laughs) So check this out. In the past two years, there's been a 22% increase in organizations with community teams. If your organization is just at the beginning of your community-led journey, you're not alone. And the 2022 Community-Led Summit is an ideal place to get started. You'll get to learn directly from organizations that are already committed and applying the principles. Register for free for the 2022 Community-Led Summit happening May 24th through May 26th at communityled.com slash summit. And we're back with Liz Vosleen, author and head of content at Humu. Liz, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I'm ready. We've arrived at the lightning round. Woohoo! Let's begin. First question for you, coffee or tea? Coffee, 100%. <laughs> yeah, me too. How do you take it? Black. Me too, hot or iced? Hot, never iced. Never iced. Never. Wow. Yeah, even if it's hot, I just don't like iced coffee. Do you like cold brew? No. Okay. Gotta okay. be hot. Okay, so I can't have cold brew as my first cup of the day, but I could have it as a second. And I don't know mm. why that started or where that came from. But the first one has to be. Yeah, first one has. <laughs> thank you. No, it's true. It should be called. People should talk about it more. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, the first one does have to be hot. Don't know why. Mm, just is what it is. I know. Again, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm fascinating. Do you have a favorite board game? No. Oh, wait. That's not true. I played the um, pandemic collaborative board games. What? Yeah. The ones that are about a pandemic? That's right. No. Oh, God. But this was pre-pandemic, and it does not prepare you at all for a real yeah, pandemic. Yeah, seriously. It ended up being a really nice way, because these are this is like a long game you play over months. And it was in our crazy oh, world. Oh, one of those. It's like, yeah, but it was a forcing function to see these friends that I played with every weekend. Okay, that I like. Yeah, really nice. Because so often it's like, oh, I'm busy or this thing, or you just never end up seeing people. It's true. And SF2 in particular can be challenging because everyone's hopping off to Tahoe yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Wait, so did you finish the pandemic game before the pandemic actually began? We did. Yeah. Okay. We beat it. You beat it. Yeah, in the game. Call Fauci. Let him know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you shared this information, Liz, people are very keenly interested. I know. I've actually been sitting on it for two and a half years. Damn. So, yeah. All right. Well, now we know. When you make the bed, do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? No top sheet. No top sheet. I see you are indeed choosing chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I real. I don't get what the sheet is for. It's to have a sheet <laughs> so that... <laughs> I just like it. It's just nice. (laughs) It's so that you don't have to, well, no, I still wash the duvet cover the same amount. I think that it's a temperature regulation thing. It's like you can opt for just Uh, the sheet. I need something to be like pressing down on me. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Do you have a gravity blanket? No, but so many people have told me that I should get one. I already have like a sleep mask and earplugs and a white noise machine. So I'm worried about adding another thing I get used to, to the mix. I too have a bunch of stuff that I feel like I'm very used to. I worry that I'm becoming 
softer and softer with each passing day. Like, I think I'm less capable of surviving in the wild as each moment passes. This is why I don't like to travel, you know, because it's also like, where's my white noise machine? Where's my one (laughs) pillow that's like mushed in the right way? Your creature comforts. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever read a book twice? I have. What book? I read A Gentleman in Moscow twice. Really? Yes. I just loved it. Part of my sleep hygiene thing is I started trying to read books as opposed to just like be on social media at night. And then this book, I've been recommended it by a bunch of people. I started it at like, I don't know, 10 p.m., assuming that I would go to bed at 1030 and fall asleep and have a wonderful sleep. Stayed up till 4 a.m. reading it. Was what? sobbing. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, my god! And then it was just like, well, now this was worse for me than social. Yes, <laughs> but how often is that going to happen? <laughs> it was great. And then I forgot about the plot. And so I read it again, which was great. It's great to forget books. Yes. You can read it again. I totally agree. That is sort of my criteria for reading a book again is if I've forgotten enough of it, Hmm. that it will be somewhat pleasant to rediscover pieces of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's what's your book you've read twice? I've read a book called Setting the Table twice, which is Hmm. Danny Meyer's book on the business of hospitality. And yeah, Danny Meyer's a restaurateur, Union Square Hospitality Group. He, his first restaurant was Union Square Cafe. He also, of course, is known for Shake Shack. And then in New York, there's The Modern, Blue Smoke, which just closed, a bunch of others. But Setting the Table is about his approach to hospitality and business. And Mm -hmm. when I was very, very, very early in my career working at that startup I mentioned as an account manager, someone recommended this book to me and was basically like, you can apply these principles to account management in tech, even though it's about hospitality. Mm -hmm. And it just resonated with me so strongly because growing up, My family had been so big on hospitality, and it was so cool to see words and theory put behind things I'd watched growing up Mm. and then apply all that to a job I loved and cared a lot about. Several years later, I returned to the book to read it again to refresh myself on some of those things that he lays out as how his people and how he treats his staff, and especially when I was a manager, how you treat your people and making sure that they're taken care of and all that. It was so important to me. I've read several books twice, but that's one of the ones I've read twice. That's great. I'm going to read that. that was oh, very, I highly recommend very it. Very convincing. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so glad. Okay, Liz, we've arrived at the final question. My final question for you is what would you title your memoir? I'm so glad you asked. Oh my God. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's so smart. Do you, is it because you, this way you, it's open to whatever you want to discuss in the book? It's open. And then also, I mean, I love this conversation. I think we don't talk enough about all these like little parts of life yes. that are delightful. And yes. so someone will be like, yeah, what's the tiny hill that you will mm-hmm. die on? And I'll be like, well, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Oh answers. my God, I love <laughs> yeah. that so much, Liz. That is a perfect memoir title. I will buy it. I cannot Amazing. wait. You have to sign it for me. That's my only criteria. That's all I ask. Thank you so much for coming on Non-Technical. This was such a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is really fun. And where can people find more about you online? On the socials, Liz Fosslin. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a lot uh, with my co-author, Molly. So lizandmolly.com or on Instagram, Liz and Molly. I'm not on TikTok yet, but watch out. Stay tuned for Radiate, coming soon to a TikTok near you. And if you want to find me, you can find me at Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at Non-Technical Pod on Twitter. 
one more time, Liz. Thank you so much for joining me. This was such a treat. Yes, for me too. Thank you. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.